So today I'm continuing the series Lean and Fit, as I said, and this will be part nine. Now, the last time we continued with avoiding and or getting through danger in the hostile environment. How we use our tongue determines how lean and fit we really are and how well we get through and avoid danger. We were in James chapter 3 and we looked at how our tongue can bridle and steer our body. That could be a blessing or a curse. It all depends on what comes out of our mouth. When we are able to control our tongue, it shows our maturity in Christ. And we are able to not stumble as much, but, but because we are walking in the light. When you're walking in the light, you don't stumble. When you're walking in the light, it shows your maturity in Christ. It shows that you are in tune with the Spirit of God. And that you are walking in fellowship or koinonia with the Son by the Spirit. The tongue is a small part of our body. It is dangerous, deadly, and defiles the whole body. We speak death and open the door for attack and destruction, or we can speak life and reap life. We determine by what we say the fruit that will come forth based on the words that we have spoken. There are consequences to our words and our actions. We can choose to say what God says about who we are and our circumstances or or speak contrary to what he says. It's a choice. It is a choice. We can choose to say what God says about our circumstances or we can choose to say what we feel or what the world's philosophy says or what other people say. It's a choice. It's a choice we have to make daily. So we will reap the benefits of our choices. God has already given us his word to instruct us as to the choices we need to make. And his spirit to teach and guide us. You hear what what I just said? God has already given us his word to instruct us to the choices we need to make. Again, we need to make the choice. God will not force us to make a choice. We have free will to choose if we will do things His way or do things our way. And He has given us His Spirit to teach and guide us. So how we choose to use our tongue will determine the outcome in our environment. How we choose to use our tongue will determine the outcome in our environment. That is very important. So to be able to use our tongue properly in the hostile environment... We must know God's word. We must have God's thoughts and know his ways. And the only way you know God's ways is to know his word. And when you know his word, the Holy Spirit reveals the Father. He reveals the things of God. He reveals the ways of God. But God cannot reveal anything of himself to an empty head. If you don't know his word, he cannot reveal anything to you. We must also know how to use our spiritual armor. So not only has he given us his word, he has given us his spirit. And he has also given us spiritual armor. So that we can overcome in the hostile environment. Now all these things are needed for us to be lean and fit. You cannot be lean and fit if you don't know the word of God. You cannot be lean and fit if you don't know the ways of your father. 
You cannot be lean and fit if you don't have control of your tongue. You cannot be lean and fit if you don't know how to use the spiritual armor and the strategies God has given us to overcome. You cannot be lean and fit if you are anemic or lacking in any of these things. So today I want to pick up in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It's a very familiar scripture. And I thought it was important that we go over this today. Because it ties into being lean and fit in the hostile environment in which we live. Let me know when you're there, please. Okay, in Romans 12, 1 and 2, the word of God says, and I'm using the New King James Version. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This is what Romans 1, 12, 12, 1 and 2 says. It says that we are to present our bodies. That's what the, the writer of, of the book of Romans, that's Paul, he's saying, present your bodies. Well, he said our bodies, that includes himself, as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. So we are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. But to do that, we must know something. You've got to know something to present your body as a sacrifice. To present your body as a sacrifice, you have to trust in the one you're willing to sacrifice your body to. And to be willing to sacrifice and release your body to someone, you have to trust that person. You've got to know that person. So it says here, you've got to know something. We've got to have a relationship to build intimacy and trust. Cannot guarantee or we cannot surrender to someone we do not know. So he said, I beg you, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. It says holy and acceptable to God. So we are presenting our bodies to God as a living sacrifice. So we can't surrender our bodies to God if we don't trust Him. We're not going to do it. But He said here, it's a reasonable service. In the Old Testament, a sacrifice didn't have a choice. A sacrifice was chosen based on certain criteria and certain specifications. It couldn't be, it couldn't be blemished. It had to be quote-unquote perfect. But we who are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, we who are in Christ, we have a choice. And man has a choice to surrender to God or not surrender to God. So he's talking to the saints, the church, the ecclesia, the called, ones, called out ones, when he says, I beseech you brethren, brethren, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So he said, you got to make the choice to submit your bodies to God. To be used by God. 
He said, so we have a choice to make, whether we are going to, to be sacrifices or not. We have to present our bodies in surrender to God through Jesus Christ. We have to do it. It's a daily choice that we have to make. That's why it says in the Bible that we die daily. What does that die daily mean? It means that we die to ourselves and we allow our bodies to be a sacrifice to be used by God. A sacrifice to God. So we have to choose daily to put aside our own ways and do things God's way. To be a living sacrifice. That's what it means to be a living sacrifice. So we have a choice to make in whether we are going to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. God is not going to force us to do anything we don't want to do. But he said we can do it. It's our reasonable service. But it has to be done God's way. And in verse 2 he tells us how. He said be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove something. You may prove what is, that, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So in verse 2, he tells us the transformation from slave to a son. From prey to one who subdues the enemy. This can only happen by renewing the mind. Changing the way we think. But changing the way we think doesn't just happen. It comes through the word of God. Study of the word of God. It comes through koinonia. It comes through fellowship. It comes as we yield our bodies, our members, our minds to the word of God and the spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit will reveal Christ, the deep things of God through us and to us. So that we know our Father, we know his ways. So that we can have koinonia with the Father through the Son by the Spirit. So when we have that fellowship, it's not a, it's not a hard choice. To submit our bodies to God as a living sacrifice. Why? Because we know Him. We know something. We know who He is. We are learning who He is. And we learn to love Him. And appreciate Him. And reverence Him. And it's not a hard thing to give yourself to someone who you know loves you. And appreciates you. So we have to renew our mind. We have to do it. We have to change the way we think. It's not going to happen by osmosis. It's not going to be happen. It's not going to happen by wishful thinking. We have to pursue the kingdom of God. Jesus said, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness." We have something to do about it. We have a part to play. We have to seek the things of God. That takes energy. That takes work. Yes, it takes effort to seek the things of God. To put aside our desires and seek Him, the love of our souls. The one who keeps us by His power as we walk by faith. The one who knew us before we were in a mother's womb. And we are yet to know Him. The same thing Moses says. Say, you know me, Lord. But show me your way that I may know you. Moses knew something. He knew that the Lord knew him. But he said, I don't know you, Lord. You know me. I need to know you as you know me. I need to have that intimacy with you. And it's the same for us as children of God. We, he knows us, but we need to know him. Because to survive in this hostile environment, we got to be able to trust in what he says. We got to be able to trust in the armor. We got to be able to trust in his word. We got to be able to trust his spirit. 
Because if we can't, we'd be stumbling around, stumbling around in darkness. And that is not God's desire for his children, to be walking around in darkness. He said, we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. We are not to stumble around in darkness. We are to walk in the light and let people see the light through us. Glory to God. So he has given us his word and the Holy Spirit for this transformation to take place. God didn't leave us help us. He gave us what we needed for this transformation to take place. His word and he gave us the Holy Spirit. So being a holy, living sacrifice is all about walking in the light. It's not a spooky thing to be holy. It's not a spooky thing to be a living sacrifice. All it means is just walk in the light. Walk in his ways. Walk in the word. Yield to the spirit of God. That's all it means. You don't have to do anything except obey and trust. Glory to God. It's not hard. But knowing the Father's ways and submitting to His Word and His Spirit, that's that's the hard part. The hard part is learning to trust Him and know Him. But once you know Him, once you know Him, it's not hard to submit to Him. It's not hard. It's not a chore to submit to the Father. When you know Him, when you know how much He loves you and what He has invested in Christ so that we can come before Him in the righteousness of His Son. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. We can't even earn it. It was a free gift given to us because of His love for us. So the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God showed us His love and compassion when we didn't care about Him. He sent His only begotten Son to die. So now, those who believe can come before Him in the righteousness of His Son. Jesus was the perfect example of a living sacrifice. He said, I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but the will of Him who sent me. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. He said, listen, I'm not here to do my own thing. I'm here to do what the Father sent me to do and to accomplish it and to finish it. That's the living sacrifice. Willing to set away his own agenda. To do the agenda of the Father, the one who sent him, the one he's representing. He said, Father, I'm here to represent you. I'm here to accomplish what you desire to accomplish through me. This is my time, my season, my pur- the purpose for which you have birthed me into this world in time and space. And my will is to do what you have sent me here to do. That is a living sacrifice. Obedience to the Father. Seeking Him to do His will for our lives. Not to do our own thing, but to do what He requires. What He desires to accomplish through us in time and space than the time that we are here upon this earth. So Jesus yielded to the Father's will. The Father was always expressing himself through the Son. Always. That's why Jesus was a living sacrifice. He was always walking in the light, doing the Father's will. Always. The renewal of our mind is for a purpose. As it says in verse 2, to prove something. To prove something to ourselves. To prove something to the powers of darkness. And and for what God said about us as his sons. 
We no longer have to be subject to the power of sin, which leads to corruption. We no longer have to be subject to the power of sin. We have an advocate. We have a go-between. The lion from the tribe of the tribe of Judah has come so that now we can come before the Father in His righteousness. And He's given us authority over all the power of the enemy. So we are not subject to the power of darkness anymore. The only reason we are subject to the power of sin and darkness is because we are ignorant. And we don't know what we need to know. But that's not the case. That's a choice we have to make. We don't need to be ignorant. God has given us His Word and His Spirit so that we don't have to stumble around and be ignorant and walking in darkness. We don't longer have to be prayed to be devoured by the enemy at His will, but that everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him may have everlasting life. That is the, that is why we have to renew our mind so that everyone who sees the Son, not see Him naturally but see him in the by the spirit and know him by the spirit everyone who know him and see him by the spirit who believes in him may have everlasting life and Jesus the son of God will raise him up at the last day these are the ones who are redeemed and free of corruption glory to God that is why we need to renew our minds so that we will not be subject to the power of sin we won't be praying anymore but that we would walk in righteousness, walk in the light, so that the Son of God, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, will raise us up at the last day. Because it says that the ones who are the sons of God, the ones who will be raised up, are the ones who overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Why? Because they are the ones who have overcome. They are the ones who are no longer prey, but they are the ones who have been submitted to God and walking in the light. In Second Peter, let's go to Second Peter very quickly. Second Peter verses Second Peter chapter one verses three and four. I just want to touch on that real quick before we close. The Bible says here, this is the New King James Version again. As, ha, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Glory to God. It says here, His divine power has given to us. Who is us? Those who are in Christ. His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. When it says all things, it means all things. There is nothing missing. There is nothing lacking. He has given us everything we need for life and godliness. But it comes through the knowledge of Him. Who has called us to glory and virtue. It comes through Christ. The knowledge of who Christ is. Because the Bible says, when you see the Son, you see the Father. And if you want to know the Father, you've got to know the Son. 
And it says the deep things, the mysteries of God are in this, are in Christ. If you want to know them, you've got to know the Son. So the only way that you will be a partaker of the divine nature, you've got to know the Son. Oh my God. You've got to know the Word. Because the Son is the Word. Not the Logos. He's the incarnate Word of God. God in the flesh. So to be a partaker of the divine nature, you've got to be in Christ. You've got to know Him. You've got to pursue Him. Glory to God. And it says, Through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Through Him, we have been given promises. We have been given promises. So you appropriate those promises through Christ. And that through these what promises, we may be partakers of the divine nature. So the only way you're going to be a partaker of the divine nature, you've got to come through Christ. You've got to know Him. It's not going to happen by, by osmosis. You've got to know Him. You've got to be in Him. And you can be a partaker of that divine nature. And it's not only for the sweet by and by. It, we can experience that divinity right here, right now as we walk this earth. We can live and see the manifestation of God's life in everyone who believes. And who are yielded. Who is a living sacrifice to God. God will walk through us to express himself. In our lives. So that he will be glorified through the church. That's what he said in John chapter 17. Jesus said. To be made known to the principalities and powers. The manifold wisdom of God. It will be made known through the church. That is going to happen. So the glory of God is going to be made manifest. Through the saints. Through the believers. And that. Will happen. Why? Because the Lord has declared it. And he said, through the divine nature and through Christ, we are made partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that in this world through lust. Having escaped the corruption means that you no longer pray. You have been set free from the power of sin. Because sin leads to corruption. But Lord God, we just thank you for Jesus. We thank you for him. We thank you for, for sending him, O oh God. And Lord God, I just thank you for that you have prompted me to choose life. And I chose life. I chose the Savior. I chose Jesus. Because he said, I lay before you death and life, blessing and cursing. He said, therefore, choose life. And Lord, we chose life. We chose Jesus. We chose to pursue him. We chose to honor him. So that, Lord God, the fruit of our lives will bring glory and honor to your name, O God. I just want to say thank you, O oh God, for your goodness and your loving kindness. So God did not leave us helpless. He gave us His Word. He gave us the Logos, the Bible. And He gave us His incarnate Word, Jesus. And He gave us His Spirit. Everything we need to overcome. Everything we need to part, be a partaker of this, of, this, of, of this divine nature. God has made it available to us in and through Christ. And this knowledge comes through the Son, but must be sought out. This knowledge of Him, 
who has called us to glory and virtue. This knowledge is not just going to come by osmosis. We got to seek Him. We have to seek the one through whom these promises will be realized. And that is Christ. When we are walking in the light, as the Son expresses Himself through us, we are showing that we are partakers of His divine nature. Did you hear what I just said? When we are walking in the light, as the Son expresses Himself through us, we are walk, showing that we are partakers of His divine nature. We are showing that we are one with Christ. We are showing that we are one with the Father. We are showing that we are endued with power from on high. When we walk in the light and the Son expresses Himself through us, we are witnesses of a fellowship with the divinity of our Father in heaven. Glory to God. We are no longer mere men. We are no longer mere man or mere men and women, but sons of God, children of God, joint heirs with Christ. We are no longer subject to the power of sin and the power of the enemy is now subject to us. Did you hear what I said? We are no longer slaves to sin. But we now have dominion and authority over all the power of the enemy. The power of darkness is subject to us. Glory to God. So we have to change the way we think. By renewing our minds. So that we will always be ready. And always be ready to yield to the Spirit. And yield to the Lord. To be true living sacrifices. So that the Lord Jesus can express himself through us. We are being conformed. Shaped. Change into his likeness. Why? Because that's what the father decreed before the foundation of the world. That he would have sons. And Jesus is the prototype. He's the firstborn of many brethren. So all those who are birth of God will be like him. Conforming to that prototype. That image which is Christ. God has declared it. And so it shall be. Glory to God. So we have to yield to the Lord and his spirit. And to be true living sacrifices, as I said, so that Jesus can express himself through us. We are being shaped into his likeness. This God has decreed from the beginning and is upholding and will uphold it as the age concludes. What the Lord has decreed will come to pass. God never makes, says anything that's idle. What he decrees, what he declares will come to pass. So we have to be anxious for nothing. But trust in the Lord with all our hearts. And lean not on our own understanding. God has everything under control. We just trust and obey. No matter what we are going through. No matter what I am going through. I will trust you Lord. I will trust you Lord. For you stand behind your word. You will never go against your word. And your promises to me are yes and amen. I will trust in you, Lord, no matter what. Oh, Lord God, before truly we walk by faith and not by sight. You have everything under control. We just got to trust and obey. And Lord God, we trust you with every fiber of our being. We trust you with everything that we are. And we will ever be. 
We know that we are not alone. We know that you love us. We know that we have fellowship with you. We know because there's a witness within our spirit that we are your children, that we are loved. So Father, I just want to thank you for your word. Thank you for your word, O oh God. And I pray that all those who have heard it would meditate on this word and not allow it to be stolen from their heart so that God can be glorified in and through their lives. So I hope you receive something today. 